Hi, welcome to FBC's So That Podcast. Today we have Dan Benack, the leader of our uh, local missions committee with us, and we'll talk about all the ways that we work with our local partnerships, and uh, and again, just seeing how God uses FBC in our community. Hope you enjoy. This is Pastor Chad on FBC's So That Podcast. This is an encouraging place to hear how God is working in and around us. We know that he blesses his people so that they can bless the world around them. Join us as we discuss how to join God in all that he is doing. Why is God working in our life, our church, and our community? It's so that. Hi, this is Pastor Chad with FBC's So That Podcast. We're so excited you're here with us today. Uh, we've got a guest in the studio with us, and I have Sadie, the co-host, so let's just jump into this. How are you today, Sadie? I'm well. I'm glad to be here. Great, great. We're so glad. Everything going well for you guys? It's going well. Yes, summer's already coming to a close. Can't it is, it. right? We're right around the corner from school starting. Mm-hmm. Well, we have our guest with us, Dan Benack. How are you, Dan? Welcome. Well, good morning, uh, Sadie and Chad, and I'm doing good today. Yeah. Well, uh, you've got lots going on in your life. Um, so uh, for those of you that don't know you, uh, I know you've been a longtime member here at FBC, but why don't you just tell us about your family, your life, maybe your work, and uh, and just uh, who you are. Sure. Well, thank, thanks, Chad. Uh, our family's been a member here at First Baptist for about 28 years now. 28 years. It's hard to imagine that that's the case. Uh, so is that 1996? What year it was, was it? about 95 okay. somewhere around there. And uh, we moved to Bernie. My wife, Diane, is originally from San Antonio. And we came to the San Antonio area uh, from Fort Worth. Uh, I was working there. And Diane's dad was uh, getting up in his years, and we wanted to be supportive mm. of him. And so we came to San Antonio. It, I had a job that brought me here. And Diane loved the hill country growing up. And it's changed when she was growing up. Yeah, it's a little different. Than she says, I want to go to the hill country. And I says, I'm a city boy. I don't like snakes. I don't want to go. <laughs> and of course. I, didn't, uh, I said, I don't want scorpions. I told yeah. Dennis, we can't move to Bernie because there in are West scorpions. You lived in West Texas, Sadie. There's, There's scorpions and snakes there too. That's All funny. I ever saw was a tarantula. Tarantulas too, right? I never right? saw a scorpion. That's funny. So <laughs> yeah. city boy came to San Antonio. You know, you're uh, growing up in the Chicagoland area. I was not used mm. to yes. uh, country life and uh, hill country is beautiful and so Diane planted that seed, and I think she must have prayed forever because we, <laughs> we eventually wound up in Bernie. Uh, we purchased a home in the uh, north side of Bernie, and uh, we got uh, we were at the, before we moved to Bernie, we were involved in a uh, Bible church in San Antonio, and relocating to Bernie, we wanted to find a church home, mm-hmm. and uh, as life would have it, in 1995. Uh, Diane had a very massive heart attack, and in 1995, she was at the age of 37. Oh, my gosh. No conditions, Uh, and uh, I I say that because uh, Bubba Stahl, who was the pastor at uh, First Baptist there, uh, had come to visit her, Mm. and that left such an impression on her heart as well as mine Mm. uh, that... uh, she, he just came to see us. Mm-hmm. Did you attend First Baptist at that point? Or not I think yet? we had visited. Okay. So we were not connected at all. Mm-hmm. Not connected at all. And uh, so we made th- that initial connection. Um, and I remember uh, Danny Del Soto. He 
was a nurse, practicing nurse, and, um, and you may know he has some health concerns right now, but uh, he was very in tune with Diane's situation, and he mentioned to Bubba, hey, you might want to come see this woman. Mm, and it was a godsend at the time, and so that opened the door. At that point, we had four children, and to be honest, I didn't know if Diane was going to make it. That's just 37. Wow. That's amazing. That is phenomenal. That is an, a, a wild thing. I mean, there's a story behind all of that. I'm that sure. I don't want to go into because that's not the purpose purpose of our podcast. But that's what kind of opened the door. Mm-hmm. And then since we had four young children, they were all boys, uh, we were interested in a good youth program. And um, First Baptist at then and as well as now had a tremendous youth mm. program. And so for those two reasons, and thirdly and honestly, uh, missions was also on our heart. Uh, both Diana had served in the mission field for her part-time. Uh, funny story is um, when we had met, uh, she was not interested in me because I didn't have a heart for missions. Oh. <laughs> so... Uh, it's not going to work. Not going to work. <laughs> and so, but the, God changed me and uh, changed her heart too. And we wound up getting married and obviously had four children and so that's uh, kind of how we got to First Baptist and how wow. we got to Bernie. So that's great. Obviously, she fully recovered from her heart attack. She did. She did. Uh, by God's grace. Uh, You're like almost thirty years later, yeah. and well, I mean, she seems healthy. I mean, apart from her knee surgeries and all, like she's doing, she's doing great. She's doing really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Ten years after that, she had her second heart attack. Oh my so I need to fill in the gap. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, there's a story behind all that. Uh, wow. And we learned after a second heart attack that she has a, a mutation in her system mm. that uh, we now believe and understand. Her mom died at the age of 30. Let's see. She was 37 or 38. Oh, my mm. goodness. And she died of an aneurysm. And at the time, medical was not what it is now. Sure. So we now know that there's a genetic connection between oh my mom's goodness. death. And wow. So I say all that, you know, that has captured our heart and her heart on what life is all about. Mm-hmm. I know? bet. And so uh, it's changed our family, changed how we see uh, life, and it's increased our faith. Wow. So. And God wow. has a plan and purpose for her that is not finished yet. And that's so true, Sadie, and we know that, mm-hmm. and, and we try and c- encourage people with that. That's unbelievable. Yeah. She is encouraging. Well, and you have these these four boys. I've met several of them now. They're all <laughs> strapping, tall, young lads, you know. And, I saw one last night at the and, Y. Uh, <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they're definitely tall, strapping, and handsome. They take after their dad. But, <laughs> uh, only in the height. Yeah. Uh, but one six ten, six oh my six, gosh, six That's four, six three. The six and, three one just feels like he got left out. Yeah, <laughs> six but, ten. Uh, That's unbelievable. But you know, as much as they are stature of men of height, I'm more proud that they're statures of men of faith. Mm. Yes, and uh, to see them walking with the Lord and serving in their God-given ca- capacities, mm-hmm. a lot of that came out of being raised here, I believe, mm. uh, through the youth program and. Um, support from the church family and all kinds of things. You know, we as a family need one another. Yeah. And that's 
part of going to church. It really, it helps you get connected to the community, the people around you. It's so many different ways. You know, Dan, getting to know you, I know I did not know some of what you've just shared today, but I know that you and Diane have been heavily invested in the community for a long time. Uh, multiple different areas, um, which makes it really exciting that you lead the the LMC here at the church. Um, so, so let's talk about that. How did you guys get involved in partnering with local missions, local ministry opportunities? Uh, many people in the world go to their local church. So, you know, that's that's not an uncommon thing across the United States. But to go from that to say, there's so much more that I can do. And so everything from Young Life to Hill Country Daily Bread to uh, uh, so many others that you guys have, uh, not just have a cursory knowledge, but you guys have an intimate, close knowledge because you've been involved with these things over the years. Why, how did you get involved in, in that kind of work? Yeah, that's a, a great question, Chad. I, I think, again, uh, it, it comes back to what God puts on your heart. And I think early on in our marriage, uh, we were encouraged by others the importance of making disciples mm. for Christ. Uh, we know uh, that we, meaning Diane and I, are changed because of the gospel. We did not; we were not raised in Christian homes, uh, uh, good homes, but not, you know, Christian homes. And so, uh, we were starting afresh, starting anew. And I think uh, early on, we were impacted by those who had a heart for missions. Um, as I mentioned, Diane had exposure to that. So we actually got involved very early on in our marriage. In fact, our honeymoon, not our honeymoon, but our year anniversary, we were in Bolivia serving as, as missionaries, teaching uh, pastors in Bolivia. Wow. And so uh, that was something God had put on our heart, and then we felt led to go back to the States and be involved in a local church. Specifically, I have an engineering background, and I felt uh, I could serve the Lord uh, with my theological background as well as my practical engineering. And so I went back into the engineering ranks with the intention of just being a normal person in a church, mm-hmm. but to be involved in the communities that we serve. And uh, that, that happened here in Bernie. Mm-hmm. Sure, opportunities came our way, uh, tremendous needs. Uh, Bernie's a great community, but there are people who have needs. Yeah, of course. Especially the gospel. Um, and so we started to get involved, um, you know, kind of grassroots activities here in Bernie. Mm. Well, which which ones stand out to you as you look back? Which ones which ones do you guys have a special interest in as you That's that's a good question. Um there's, there's probably, uh, is being involved with the local mission committee, uh, we as a church are involved in many, many good organizations uh, that serve our community. I hope that we can talk about those. Sure, of course. Well, but, and maybe for those who don't know about the LMC in our church, maybe just define it and just first to start and tell us what it is sure, and how it operates sure. inside our church. Yeah, I was I was hoping to just let's talk a little bit on the personal side. We'll get yeah, l- let's okay. jump into the LMC since it, it does definitely overlap. So yeah. um, so the church has a local missions committee um, that gathers together regularly to try to foster and care for our local mission partners. Uh, for FP consumers that may not know, every month we give funds to specific partners um, that that we've had for a long time. We identify with their mission, the work they're doing, the efforts they're making, the impact they have in the community. Uh, we think that they're very important, 
And so we give them finances every month. Uh, in addition to that, we uh, try to partner with them with volunteer opportunities when they arise and, uh, and let our members know about that. Uh, we have weaknesses in all of what I just said that we're trying to get stronger at, um, but the committee has been here for a long time. Right now we have 19 mm-hmm. uh, local mission partners and many that want to become uh, Mm -hmm. local mission partners. And so there's so many good things happening around Bernie. Uh, The challenge for us is to care well for the ones that we already are committed to and to really try to understand how to, um, to care for others that we think are also important that we're still kind of in the process of developing relationship with. So Dan has been leading that uh, with that committee for several years. And, uh, and so Dan, like, uh, Maybe that's the, just a quick overview, sure. but just uh, supplement. What, what what else would you say to to FBC about the local missions committee? Uh, again, uh, as you mentioned, we have many local mission partners that we work with. Uh, uh, many which have been uh, birthed out of our church, and uh, we uh, we have one of the things that stands out about our church membership is that we have people that are passionate about uh, the needs in the community. Mm-hmm. And many of those have been birthed out of, out of our church. So kind of an entrepreneurial missions Entrepreneur mindset. and responding to the need. Uh, you know, examples of Grace House, Hill mm-hmm. Country uh, Pregnancy Care Center are, are two, two examples. Uh, Metal, Vault. Meadowlands, Vault. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, even, uh, you know, even Hill Country Daily Bread had oh, wow. earlier connections with First Baptist. I didn't know that. And so, um, so yes. And then, uh, to piggyback on that is, uh, uh we were involved in, uh, apart from the mission committee, uh, specifically Diane, uh, was the director at Hill Country Daily Bread for the mentoring program for at-risk kids for mm-hmm. 10 years. Oh, gosh. And so she started that program in conjunction with Agnes and their team and has done a phenomenal work uh, that has now been taken over by other staff members. And so uh, that was more of a hands-on opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she, in essence, retired to do that kind of work, and I was supportive in, in that role. As well as that, we were involved with Young Life. Uh, when we had our uh, high school kids, they saw us as a ripe, uh, mm-hmm. say, these guys got four boys, yeah. and uh, we're going to invite them to a Young Life meeting. And Young Life is a ministry to um, basically high school, middle school, and uh, children with special needs mm-hmm. and other uh, opportunities. And so uh, it's been about uh, 18 years ago when we were invited. And so we got involved with the grassroots uh, Young Life program. And to this day, uh, uh, we are involved in different capacities. And all that to say, we've been doing the work in the community. And then four years ago, our church was in transition. And I was approached uh, by Mike Mantooth, who was heading up uh, as an executive pastor and a missions pastor, would I be interested in helping lead the local mission committee? And frankly, it was not on my radar, (laughs) to be honest, even though we've done mission work. And it was not something that I was um, thinking about doing. uh, But I am so excited about the last four years. I'm very excited about Chad, you being here. 
and uh, the good work that God has has done in our church and continuing to do, mm-hmm. not only in the local mission, but the international mission. So, uh, yeah, so for the last four years, I've been uh, leading our team, and our team consisted of Lori Coward, who has now moved into the Baylor, uh, Sam and Deb Walker, and uh, Vivian and uh, Edwin De Jesus have been instrumental over the last four years in helping the committee uh, and most people within our church don't realize there's a lot that happens through uh, the, the support of members who are involved in these committees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there really is. It's one of the biggest, I'll say from as a missions pastor for my entire career, every single church I've been at, there's such a big bottleneck of information that you want to get to people and then the information you actually can get out. And, uh, and, and with 19 local mission partners, we uh, always are going to be struggling to try to get good information, timely information out to our membership. And all of those agencies and organizations want more access, more access to talking and sharing with the congregation, more access to resources that come and go. And, uh, and so there's a constant tension that you're kind of working through on how to care well and and also protect the membership from having an endless fundraiser. And uh, so it's it's a really delicate balance. And honestly, you guys have done incredible work, Dan. Like, uh, you know, the IMC, the international side as well, uh, getting here. I've been here for seven months now. Uh, the, the amount of work happening in these two committees um, as a result of these two committees is is massive and really people have no 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 idea the scope and breadth and width of all of the things happening, the number of conversations just to care for the ones we have is a, is an, is an incredible amount of work. But then the number of conversations, the constant flow of requests of, Hey, we'd like to partner with you. And we want you to know what we're doing so that you can be interested in partnering with us and the meetings, the visits, the check it out to go look. And then how many times you say, these are amazing things. Like we, we really need to talk about this and, and, uh, and it's just overwhelming all around. So Dan, the, the amount of work that LMC has done is, has been tremendous. Uh, your continued partnership uh, as we've gone along. Uh, I was, I laugh because I, I think, I don't know if the, I felt, there was an expectation I was going to get here and these guys like uh, the chairman were going to be able to step down a little bit and step back a little bit because uh, they've got someone that's full-time helping. Uh, but I've begged them, please help because I still don't know what I'm doing and I'm not I'm trying to figure out all these. And these guys, uh, how do you replace a Dan Benek who has 28 years of history with these organizations? Uh, every time I talk to the leadership, they have a close friendship with Dan and, mm-hmm. and, and Diane. They've been friends with them for years. And, uh, and so I, I so appreciate your willingness to stay involved, to continue to help. And, and I hope that will continue for some time. We've talked about that as well. Yeah. Well, thank you for the acknowledgement and, uh, uh, it, it, you know, it, it's work, but then again, um, I think the Lord gives you what you need in those situations. Um, uh, you know, you mentioned about connection. We have we as a church really work hard to get connected, and that's one of the things we had to reestablish uh, because our church was in transition to reestablish our relationships. We value our, our local mission partners, and mm-hmm. we want them to know that. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal what they do, and, and it's, we want the, our church members to, to know about that, and so we were been always trying to give them opportunities I have to admit, even though I was a member here, you know, for let's say 24 years, I did not fully appreciate what we do as a church 
to reach out to the community. And it just kind of like opened my eyes. And it, it, it made me aware that you can be a member here and not really fully understand and know of the opportunities. And so I think we, with uh, you coming here, Chad, I know we're trying to get the word out. But, yeah. You know, and this, this podcast is one of those yes, things. how we can tell stories and, you know. and not, not be so constrained. We typically get a two or three minute spot and a service to try to tell a story from one of our mission partners. And uh, this way, like we had half an hour with Kenny Sides last week about talking about taking to the streets and uh, with Rachel uh, Russo and vault ministries. And, and, um, and, and so these are, are, this is a fun, a fun platform uh, from which to tell stories. So maybe we have about 10 minutes left, Dan, Let, let's, let's do that. Like uh, you have your Bible open, maybe there's something on your heart. Why don't you share that? And then let's talk about some of the impacts that these, uh, these ministries have had. Sure. Um, the reason I have my Bible open is, uh, and I have it underscored is uh as I was getting into uh, uh, leading our local mission effort, I thought, why do we even do this? I mean, fundamental question, you know. Mm-hmm. And why do some do it and others don't? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, yeah. another question. And so uh, one of the passages that struck me when it comes to my life and others is out of Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, it says, For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And what captured my heart was the love of Christ compels us. Mm. And I think, going back to some of our story, in the story of the passionate people in our church, you find that the love of Christ, they've experienced that intimately, and they know apart from him who knows what their life would be and definitely their eternal state, what that would be. And yeah. so you see a common th- common element, I think, of some of these passionate people is they, they have understood the love of Christ. That being said, um, I feel that compels us to reach out. Mm-hmm. Once you've experienced the fullness of that, you desire for others to experience it to different levels and, uh, so I hope for our church is that we as church members all can fall more in love with Christ, mm. that it helps us to overcome the fear. And we all have fears, to be honest, to share the good news. And But I think, the you know, again, another passage that speaks to me is uh, love, love overcomes our fears yeah. out of First yeah. John. And I think when we experience that, that fullness of his love, it's overrides our fears sometimes of sharing the good news. Sure. So many people come to the church with their need, right? They have so much heavy burden of uh, the world. Maybe they're new believers. Maybe they just are, are just, just new Christians, or maybe they've been Christians for a long time, but they, they come to the church with this kind of concept that they need to be fed. They need to be encouraged. They need to feel uplifted. They need to, and that, that list of needs can be endless, Right. Um, but there comes a point in, in many believers walk where they realize that that there's a task for the believer that goes beyond being a recipient of God's love. It's being a conduit of his love to the world around you. And one of the things I've been so impressed by here at FBC is just the 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 the, the number of people who are willing to invest themselves sacrificially their time their resources their money um themselves they invest themselves not just out of their extra it's mm-hmm. they, they give of themselves sacrificially to to the needs of the community around us I, last last year we did a thanksgiving meal uh, on thanksgiving day 
we had volunteers here early in the morning preparing food uh, to host uh, people they didn't know. Like to me, that's that is an amazing thing. Like how many families would never even consider giving up part of their Thanksgiving day, um, much less for strangers, right? Like it's so it's such a family oriented day. Um, my wife and I, we just moved here. We don't have family here. So for us, we didn't feel like we sacrificed much. We got to go hang out with people sure. and, and, and serve in some small capacity, but it was amazing how many other families were there serving. You know, we, we were able to feed the kids from, uh, Meadowlands and, and there was, um, we took plates of food to different, uh, people who were working on that day, police officers, uh, first responders, some gas station attendants. Uh, and I, I, it was just an example, a small example of people who are willing to sacrifice something that most of us consider in some way sacred or special when your family's in town uh, to go and do something like that. It, it's one example, but there's so many. Um, to see this church and the way that it pours itself and so many of the people in the church are pouring themselves into the community around them. And like you said, Dan, there's a constant invitation because there's people here that don't even know what we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's such a, such a spectrum, people who are investing themselves heavily and people who are yet to realize there are opportunities. And, uh, and so we, we are so thankful for the, those verses that you're saying. So uh, over the years, you've been doing this specifically with the LMC for four years. What, what kind of impacts have you seen, uh, that are memorable to you, Dan? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, uh, you know, again, when you talk impact, you have to talk people. And so, uh, you know, just communicating and connecting with some of the leaders. Uh, we, we've tried to uh, hear about the stories the best we could and to get those communicated. Um, you know, I, I'm just trying to, to put into my mind, uh, you know, a specific example. Um, and to be honest, not, not one comes to my mind immediately right now. But but I think in a, in kind of the broader sense, uh, uh, what I what I have sensed is is all of us want to belong to something, something really good. And what I what I've sensed that I've had in, in dealing with our partners who are more on the ground level, uh, they feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves whether it's Grace House or Meadowlands. And, uh, and then the people they minister to, one of their, I think one of their greatest needs is to belong to something mm-hmm. and belong to uh, the church, belong to, to know that they're a child of God. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, again, we're in a great community, but we have hurting people, you know, and you mentioned just the, uh, the turkey Thanksgiving meal, and just to reach out to the community, which we've done over the years, is just one example of doing that, as well as some of the others. So, um, you know, I, I th- and the other thing that has struck me, again, back to the love of Christ, and, and I'll just, because I have some familiarity with Meadowlands, as well as, as well as Young Life and Stillwater, one of the common things is the people involved really love the those people that they reach out to whether mm-hmm. they're kids uh, whether they're um, people with needs uh, and, and they respond to that i've seen that happen where someone one of their greatest needs is to be loved and when someone loves them in a very tangible way <laughs> their heart just gets filled 
Mm. You know, and I, so I, I, you know, I, that's what I've seen in a kind of a bigger picture. Yeah, of course. You know, we we keep seeing the Grace House ladies getting baptized. You know, they they right. get to do that here at the church, and and they have a new group of women every six months or so that they're kind of working with. I think they can stay for up to a year, and they're walk. It's just uh, unbelievable to see the the needs that these ladies come in carrying such a heavy load. And uh, to see their lives transformed uh, during the the time there with with Grace House and and like you said the heart of the leadership and the directors um, that have have designed this and and uh, and worked hard to put it together and uh, and it's going to last uh, far beyond uh, your and I role here. This that that ministry is stable and and has lots of support in the community. Uh, such a neat thing that it was started out of FBC, um, but it's gone much larger than FBC. And, and so many of the partners that we've seen are, are that way. Um, and so it's just really a, an amazing thing to get to see the, the impacts of the long term. You know, this church is 125 years old. Um, and uh, and throughout that 125 years, it's invested itself and its members have invested themselves for kingdom purposes around Bernie. And so even ministries we don't support uh, you walk in, uh, I was visiting one a few weeks ago, they want us to support them. And one of the things, one of their talking points was, look, over here on our founding wall, First Baptist is prominently involved here. Like, you guys helped us get started. You should be involved now. And just kind of <laughs> laughing. Like, that's uh, that's a very common thing here in the city of Bernie and, and surrounding areas. Uh, one more story, I was uh, down at San Antonio Baptist Association meeting with those leaders and trying to understand how we, who are in a different county, can be a part of what they're doing and they're like hey how's Bubba Stahl and they start talking about and they start referencing all of these touch points between FBC and the Baptist Association in San Antonio and you realize the footprint and the fingerprint of what God has done through FBC reaches a lot further than just this community and uh and so man we're so thankful for those of you who are listening um I I want you to know that there really are almost limitless opportunities for you to serve. Mm-hmm. Um, we have these core partners who are just phenomenal, and they're always looking for volunteers, whether that's the Pregnancy Care Center or whether that's Hill Country Daily Bread or, or um, like we mentioned, Vault, serving our, our foster care families and, and uh, <laughs> taking to the streets every single Saturday for 14 years serving the homeless of San Antonio a meal. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> every one. They haven't missed one in 13 years. Throughout COVID, I, like, that blew me away. That yeah. It's, uh, again, sacrificial. Every Saturday. Can you imagine giving up every Saturday for 13 years? Well, that's what Kenny and Lauren and that team has done for so, so long and has done so well. So, man, Dan, we're so thankful for your leadership, and we're thankful for your sacrifice and Diane's. And, uh, and we hope that we can have you on again. Let's talk about different, different things. Um, as we close, is there anything that you would want the membership to think about or pray about as sure. they kind of come um, to the end of this podcast? I, again, uh, I will say uh, one of the things to recognize in our, in our church, and, and I, I'm going to go back to a passage in Philippians where Paul is speaking to the church at Philippi, and this is what I would want to communicate as a member of our church is just like Paul, we are so, so, so thankful for the participation of our members. Mm. Uh, now, that looks different from all of our members. Some are out there feeding the homeless people. Some are uh, serving pizza to teenagers. 
some are praying faithfully, others are giving financially. Mm-hmm. And uh, that says a lot about our church. And so I would want to communicate to everyone in our church to say thank you for your participation. It makes a difference, and you may not see it, uh, but my hope is that you will get a crown just because you have given faithfully in some capacity. So. I love it. I love it. Our uh, our podcast is is named after uh, uh, two words out of Psalm 67, the so that uh, is the name of the podcast, and it comes from these verses uh, where Jesus or where God says this, uh, it's a Psalm of David. It says, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways will be known on the earth and your salvation among all the nations. He continues and he says, may the peoples praise you, O God, may all the peoples praise you. Let them sing for joy and be glad for you rule the people with equity and guide the nations of the earth. Uh, one of our, our podcast guests a few weeks ago reminded us this idea that that it's not just that he loves us and he cares about us, but he he rules us and we pray him we praise him for it. This is this is a kind, benevolent king that loves his people mm-hmm. and his people love him in return. And so we're praying that God would just continue to not just show his lavish love for his people, but that his people would love him in response. And these are the ways you do that. You care for the hurting, the broken, the lost. Because of his lavish love for us, we can serve the world around us. So, Dan, you and your family have been a great example of that, and we're grateful for that. Um, We look forward to the days that we can celebrate how God continues to engage the families of our church. Uh, Sadie and Dennis, you guys have been involved and gone gone down and done things as well. You guys have been serving in the same thing, similar way, Uh, totally different season of life, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Young (laughs) kids and... and, uh, It's a great season, by the way. (laughs) It is. And uh, so, FBC, we're so thankful that you tuned in. Hope that you enjoyed this. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear about them. And uh, and in the end, we pray that you would be sent ones. You would be those ambassadors who go with the presence and knowledge and understanding that God is with you wherever you go and let the kingdom draw near to anyone that you draw near to. We love you guys. Have a wonderful day and God bless. We are so thankful that you joined our podcast today. We would love to hear any feedback you may have for us. Remember, Psalm 67 says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth and your salvation among all nations. Don't forget why the Lord blesses us. It's so that we can be a blessing to those around us. Until next time, God bless you.